Hey, what's up, guys? Bill Brower here with FMBA Nation, coming to you from the Serve Pro Studios here in Raleigh, New Jersey. And I am being joined by a personal friend of mine, a great supporter of the NJFMBA, which is Eddie Markowitz from the Markowitz Law Firm. Um, Eddie is a big supporter of our state events as well as our local events and uh, always brings uh, some stuff to the table for us. And what we're talking about today is going to be the uh, AFFF Exposure uh, Act or Cancer Act that's going on right now. Some information about uh, the hazards that we've been exposed to as firefighters with AFFF foam. Eddie, thanks for uh, joining me today and uh, talking about this very important and kind of a new topic that uh, not too many people are, are educated on. So thanks for spending a couple minutes with me today and giving us some information on what this is all about and uh, how our members should be uh, looking into this and, and trying to see if they qualify for this. So thanks. Sure. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to, to be on with you and to talk to you about this stuff. Um, you know, you guys know me well. It, it takes a lot for me to put my name to something that has to deal with firefighters, any type of campaign or anything like that. And I was very leery about getting involved with these AFFF cases for a very long time. Because anybody that has a Facebook account knows, and is a firefighter knows, they're constantly pumping these ads into your feed about the AFFF foam. And we'll talk about that in a little while, what those actually are. But um, I was contacted by a friend of mine who's my co-counsel on a good number of these cases now. Because, you know, I, I like to operate at a very small level, what they call a boutique firm level, so I can have the time to speak to clients and uh, but you need an infrastructure to get involved in a mass tort on this scale. So a dear friend of mine has an office in six states, and he actually sits on a lot of the committees. He actually has, he sits on the committee for a lot of these mass torts. And he contacted me, and we went out, and he explained the medicine to me here. And he said, Eddie, this isn't something that you should, you know, be hesitant about getting involved with. The medicine here on this AFFF foam PFAS exposure is real. So I then took that, and I went, and I did the research myself. And anybody who just Googles AFFF foam uh, linked to cancer, you will get articles from the, new, from the federal government, from the state government, talking about the link uh, to cancer from this foam. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's scary. I mean, look, what I do, you know, guys, you know, guys post on my page all the time, you're an ambulance chaser, you're this, you're that. And I, I got a thick skin. I'm fine. I recognize what I do. But sometimes you, run and you, you come across something that's real. And this is real. The United States government on a federal level has many articles published about this. They're removing, they've removed, they're removing PFAS and even the newer P, the PFOS. They're starting to remove all of that from the military bases. The AFFF foam is going. Um, there's a lot of land contamination around airports and military bases because of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and the link to cancer is not only available to guys who do the research on the federal level, but um, you will find um, Department of Health uh, bulletins from whether it's the state of Alaska to the state of New Jersey. You will find this all. So this is real. The link is real. This is not, you know, we're not just trying to conjure up cases here. So I'm about getting the information to guys. So and what, what is it? You know, I, you know, you heard me when we did the podcast with Joe. You know, I can never stand in the shoes of a first responder and, and imagine what that's like. You know, I took the cop test and the, the, when I was a kid, when I was in college, and I got a call and I made a conscious decision. I was not tough enough to be a cop. I, even though I had friends of mine that became police officers, they went to law school, 
they're collecting their pensions now. I made a conscious decision at that time. I wasn't tough enough and I didn't go into, into it. But what I did do when I was a kid and where I can understand this particular case is I grew up in the dry cleaning business with my father. Okay. I was, I started working with my father at eight years old and I stopped working with him at 27 years old. And I was exposed my entire childhood into my early adult life to dry cleaning fluid, which is a, which is another carcinogen. Okay. And the latency period is so long that every time I go for a blood test, I'm concerned. Is it going to hit me now? Is it going to hit me now? You know, but hopefully it doesn't. And thank God my dad lives in Farmingdale, New Jersey. He's still alive. He's 78, but you never know. And this PFAS, while it's not a dry cleaning fluid, it is a dry side solvent. And it is a chemical that over a period of time of exposure will cause various cancers. We know the link to testicular cancer is solid. We know the link to kidney cancer is solid. We know the link to bladder cancer is solid. The link to pancreatic, prostate, and breast cancer. There's about six cancers in there um, where the medicine is strong. In particular, the testicular and kidney and bladder. This, that, that's one that we're, we're absolutely solid on. And you guys have trained on this. Older guys have trained on this. Guys are using it at all the, especially guys that are, you know, responding to car fires, gasoline fires. I think about the guys in Elizabeth and Linden, all of those factory fires that they went to. And, you know, even my guys that, you know, are in the FDMY that were in the foam unit. So it's something you train on. It's something you're exposed to. And because it's a, it has a latency period, which is long, you know, you don't think that when you get that testicular or that kidney or that bladder cancer or prostate that it could have been from that. Right. And guys always think, well, how do I know it's from that? You don't have to worry about that, okay? We, have a, we, we work on, when I work on these cases, we work on a contingency fee, okay? So if we don't recover money, you don't, the guys don't pay us anything. We lay out all the sweat equity in terms of time. We lay out all of the costs. We lay out all of the court costs, the expert costs. The only challenge that the members have is actually signing up, which we do electronically these days. And then if they call to go into a deposition at some point in time, it's a few hours of their time. Yeah. So to me, it's, it's really a no-brainer. And in particular, because the medicine is so strong here um, and because the marriage between the firefighters and this exposure is real, it's something that I encourage everybody to call us on. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's something that, that uh, is very new to us uh, in terms of this uh, cancer link. Obviously, as firefighters, um, you know, cancer in the fire service has become a bit of an epidemic itself. And uh, new studies yeah. every year about the link of cancers to the off-gassing on our equipment, to the exposure that we have with all these different carcinogens in, in houses that are burning. Um, yeah, they don't know. You know, it's funny because I'm tuned into this stuff because of my 9-11 work. Um, and now this, you know, I'm educating myself on this stuff. And, and I know you guys know this, but there are articles from, and I think the Boston local in the IFF was in tune to this early on. They have great videos about this, mm -hmm. but there's some studies out there. Two out of every three firefighters, 67% of all firefighters will be diagnosed with some form of cancer in their life. And the scary thing from my perspective is we know they thought that the chink or kink in the armor, whichever word is right there, um, was they thought it was the hood, right? They told you, wash your hoods, right? Scrub down your bunker gear and wash your hoods. It's getting into the dermis of the skin. Because not only do you have that issue with the, 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 the hood, 
you know, you're fighting fires now where everybody has a flat screen TV, everybody has a computer, everybody has plastics and PVC in their house, right? No peck pipes, nobody has brass pipes anymore, it's all plastic, right? right? And yeah. when that stuff burns, I don't have to tell you that's what you're dealing with, right? So they, they thought it was the hood, but now we're learning, you know, not only the firefighter foam definitely has a link to these cancers, the, the bunker gear has PFAS chemicals in it. It protects you from the heat. And, they, and the, the real thing that bothers me about this, and you know I'm passionate about this stuff, right? New, and guys can check me on this because I have a link on my website, I think, but if they don't, I'll get, I'll get it to you. The state of New Jersey, the attorney general of the state of New Jersey is suing 3M and DuPont and about eight other manufacturers of this chemical because they call it a forever chemical. It never breaks down. Okay. So even when they stopped producing the PFAS foam in the early 2000s, DuPont and 3M were allegedly out there telling fire departments, don't worry about it. You can store, you can stockpile it. It never goes bad, which the departments did. But what's really disturbing to me, because I'm a personal injury lawyer, you're a union guy. Our, our interests are aligned against big corporations, right? That's, you know, we're the little guy against the big guy, right? This, according to the complaint that the state of New Jersey filed, it's either 3M or DuPont, and I'd have to check it, but I don't have it for me. One of those two companies, or maybe both. New Jersey is alleging that as early as the mid-1970s, they were checking the PFAS levels of the blood of their employees that worked with these chemicals. Wow. So you got to wonder why they're doing that, right? Yeah. You know, it, it reminds me of the, the, the mesothelioma, the asbestos litigation, when a great trial lawyer named Ron Motley discovered you know, and really broke that litigation open. He found all of the internal memos from 50, 60, 70 years ago where they knew that asbestos was bad. So now why are you testing the blood of your employees who are dealing with this stuff, right? And not disseminating that information to the rest of the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're talking about companies that make 50 and $60 billion a year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they don't care about the little guy. You know, from my vantage point as a trial lawyer, it's, you know, the term that we always use is, you know, they put profits over people, right? You know, when years ago in the mid seventies, when Ford put out the Pinto and you would get rear-ended and the car would explode, right? Well, when they had a class action lawsuit about that, they discovered memos from that company that said, it's going to be cheaper to pay out the wrongful death claims than it is to retro recall the cars. So that's what, that's what we deal with. You know, their concern is the bottom line and the shareholder. It's not the end user of the product. And that's what I try and stress to you guys. You know, it doesn't cost anything to talk to me. Like I said, I gave out my cell phone before. It's 347-601-9337. I always get back to guys. It doesn't cost anything to talk to me. You guys don't pay me unless I recover money for you. And I'm very generous with my time. I'm happy to do it. You know, so this is one, any one of the guys that has testicular, kidney, breast, pancreatic, bladder, or prostate cancer should be calling me. Because if they were exposed to the foam, and they have that, that's something that's worth pursuing for them. Yeah. And I don't know, look, I don't know what's going to end up. There's no guarantee in what I do. You know, years ago, we did those hearing loss cases, and we tested the hearing of the guys, and we thought we had a great case against Federal Signal. But you know what? Juries didn't believe us. And my ex-partner, to his credit, he spent upwards of, I, I think, upwards of seven figures on that case in terms of experts and costs and everything. Mm -hmm. But in the end, each, we tried cases from the inner cities of Philadelphia to the, you know, to the rural areas in Pittsburgh and juries just weren't finding against federal signals. So there's never a guarantee. Right. But this case reminds me a lot about the Roundup case that I was involved with recently. 
you know, and Roundup, you know, has a link to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and the company paid and, you know, there's, there's, there'll be money there for the guys. And, you know, it's, again, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's about the money, but it's also about holding these people accountable for this conduct. Especially like with what you're talking about, they've, they've tested, it's been documented that they tested their own employees for these levels. Why? And why? There's a reason why. And, right. and it's Correct. That it was further damaging and endangering the lives of, uh, of others. And, and unfortunately, you know, us as firefighters, uh, both from our gear, which, uh, to be honest with you, up until this point, I had no idea that that stuff was in our gear. Um, yes. In the foam that, that I personally myself have trained quite a bit on and going to specialized, um, you know, institutions and whatnot that deal specifically with foam firefighting, which many of our members have. Um, and, and I can tell you, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of our guys over the years have gone to these schools specifically uh, for foam firefighting uh, training, um, you know, now realizing and, and, and learning that there's a potential for an exposure and to get sick at some point in our lives. And as long as, you know, we're documenting this stuff properly and we, you know, have the uh, evidence against these companies, then, um, you know, it, it's absolutely information that needs to be put out there and, and guys need to educate themselves on. Yeah, look, I said, I have stuff on my website about it. Guys can just Google it. And, you know, if you Google AFFF and link to cancer, you're going to not you just get through all the lawyer ads, but you'll get to real substantive articles, peer review articles, articles from Department of Health about it, um, various departments of health, and you'll find it. And what guys also have to realize is this. I, I said I footnote the Facebook feeds before, right? Yeah. You're seeing a lot of ads on Facebook for this, okay? Yeah. And a lot of, and e, by the way, just as a footnote, I should have brought this up when we spoke to Joe Roga. and guys can check my Twitter feed and they can check my, I have a, a website, WTC911fund.com. I blogged in 2008 when I first opened my firm. That's the only blog I've ever posted on there. And I spoke about how in my ads for 9-11 cases, which, you know, I have a good word of mouth, so it's not something that I really push that hard, the advertising, you know, but... I said, in my ads, I will never use the burning or collapsing Twin Towers or the um, World Trade Center Memorial. And I don't care what it costs me. And I literally was, I don't do use Twitter a lot, but I just felt compelled just in the last two weeks. There are ads on Facebook now where somebody's literally showing the collapsing and burning Twin Towers and trying to get cases. Mm -hmm. And it, I, just, I just wrote about it, how disgusting it is that I'm embarrassed for my profession that somebody would actually think that that's a way to, you know, to sign up a client or inform somebody about this. I'm just, I'm embarrassed by it. So guys should know how I feel about that. But what, what, what guys have to know is a lot of the ads they see on Facebook for lawyers, a lot of them are what we call lead generators, right? So they're companies that are out there just feeding the, the Facebook feeds or the Instagram feeds these ads. And what they do is they, they sign guys up and then they refer them out to other people. I'm hands-on on this case. On my retainer that goes out, it's the Markowitz Law Firm and Slater and Slater. We're both on there. I'll be very hands-on with this stuff, okay? Um, some of the out-of-state guys, you know, there's a different uh, arrangement, but for the New Jersey guys and the FDNY guys, it's a different story. Gotcha. So uh, Markowitz Law Firm is uh, the Markowitz, MarkowitzLawFirm.com, correct? Is the website they can go to? Yeah, you can go to MarkowitzLawFirm.com without the the, just MarkowitzLawFirm.com. Or injurylaw360.com will get the guys there also. 
Um, and then, you know, there's a, I have a toll-free number, you know, for the, uh, the phone cases, 833-529-4040. So they can reach me at the, actually my 718 number is the same. So they can dial 833-529-4040. Or if they go to the website, there's forms on there they can fill out. Listen, Ed, uh, as always, I appreciate the time uh, spending with us, giving us some educational information on this. And uh, hopefully, you know, someone listening to this, it will uh, change their lives for the better, which is the end goal in all of this. And, um, you know, we appreciate your support of the FMBA and the members of the FMBA and uh, appreciate your friendship. My pleasure. Same here. I, you know, ditto on all counts. Thank you very much. Um, you take care of yourself. Thanks, Bill. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another great episode of FMBA Nation. And stay tuned for some more great content to come. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also listen on the NJ FMBA YouTube channel, as well as Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and the Google Play Store. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the FMBA Nation podcast, please email us at nation at njfmba.org.